0: you are listening to john gregory Vincent here with the surfacing inclusive leadership podcast this is leadership i learned the hard way during my 14 years on submarines after a gallup gig working for the best human behavioral organization in the world i was ready to launch my coaching advising and training company the submarine way so hey let's cast off all lines because we're getting underway the submarine way this week's episode is brought to you by Submarine Way Wellness, the purest supplements on earth. Only 1% of supplements are good manufacturing practiced, third party verified, and NSF certified. Only 1%, and included in that 1% is Submarine Way Wellness. Check them out at submarinewaywellness.com, the purest supplements on earth. This is a Veterans Day post, or more accurately, Veterans Day weekend post, about historian Matthew Delmont's new book, Half American. For this podcast, we're going to discuss how black America served in the armed forces in World War II, and although Matthew Delmont's book doesn't come out until January, we will give you a sneak peek at how Delmont sees the black experience in World War II. We will use our first book, Diversity and Inclusion, The Submarine Way, as a resource as well. Though more than one million black Americans contributed to the war effort, historian Matthew Delmont says a military uniform offered no protection from racism. With more than a million black men and women that served in World War II, they fought at Normandy, Iwo Jima and the Battle of the Bulge and served in support roles that were critical to the Allies' success. Matthew Delmont's book is not limited to their contributions to the war effort, meaning black Americans. Delmont describes the discrimination black Americans faced in the military and in civilian defense industries and the brutality many of them suffered when stationed near white communities. Regardless of the treatment, according to Delmont, World War II opened the eyes and energized black Americans. Blacks who came from Mississippi and Alabama noted that their experience in England and France was so different from what what they came from and what they experienced in their home country. They were treated equal to whites and there was no segregation. Many felt that they now knew it was possible to create an environment of equity and a structure of the civil rights movement was born. Thinking back on how veterans have been treated over time, for those old enough to remember, and for those who don't know, returning veterans from World War II were all heroes. Celebrations everywhere. But that was not the case with black Americans. Again, over a million served, but many were literally afraid to wear their uniforms in public because of the threat of violence. Another whole separate Podcast is how Vietnam vets were treated, a group in lower socioeconomic status because young men in college had an exemption from the draft. But I digress. We say in our book, Diversity and Inclusion the Submarine Way, the military, of course, isn't faultless. Throughout its history, it's been involved in segregation of all kinds, women and men, blacks and whites, along with issues of inequality. When the military allowed African-American women to join the Women Army Corps, (WAC) they did so because they just simply needed nurses. Those nurses were housed in separate units. Their rations and standards were below those of their Caucasian counterparts. In large part, submarines managed to escape this kind of segregation, except for when it came to allowing women to serve. Spoiler alert here is that women are allowed on what's called missile boats. meaning first officers and then enlisted are fully integrated and have been for now coming up on 13 years. The submarine force is still struggling with fast attacks, the much smaller submarines, and there still are not women allowed on fast attacks because they just haven't figured out accommodations. Again, it's been figured out on the larger missile boats, but but not when it comes to fast attacks. Now, African Americans served on submarines, Almost as suit as submarines were employed during World War II. But from World War II through the 1970s, African Americans technically only served on submarines as stewards. What's now called as mess specialists. But in reality, they did everything. You have to on a submarine. No one, no one gets away with just doing one thing on a sub. You have sort of your rating. That's your you know primary job description. And then there's all the other things. That you do so you can't have one job so first of all you need to understand the makeup of a submarine which is largely high school educated 18 to 22 year olds that are performing functions on the most sophisticated vessel in the world and part of that crew are blacks are asians are hispanics and you know what Everyone matters if they contribute, right, after, right out of uh, diversity and inclusion the submarine way. And nobody cared if you were black, orange, purple, yellow. It made no difference. Because if you're contributing, you matter. And on a submarine, everyone contributes and everyone wears multiple hats. So, there's a second basic concept here. You always have to have a greater purpose than just your job description. As I said earlier, each submariner does dozens of things necessary for the boat's operation. Before boarding a submarine, new crew members go through submarine school. You typically do this before you even go to your A school or or, or your training in order to have your rating, your primary job when you get there. you have to go to submarine school. And submarine school is where you learn every operation on a submarine. The hydraulics, the nuclear reactor. Obviously, they didn't have nuclear reactors. They had diesel uh, engines uh, in World War II and up until 1954 when the first nuclear submarine, uh, the Nautilus, was launched. But you have to understand how the whole submarine works. Before you ever even go and learn your machinist mate, you know, or in my case, a navigator, which was a quartermaster, you have to learn how a submarine works. Now, think about this in the private sector. When you onboard somebody, do you really let them know what all the different departments and all the different divisions, and if it's a tiny company, sort of what all the different people do? Do you explain to them that so that they can make more informed decisions? Of course we don't. This is your job. This is what you do. Don't worry about what anybody else does. Just focus on your job a flawed approach. It's why these 18 to 22 year old high school educated uh, men and women can function at such a high level. They understand, including things like damage control. On a surface ship there's a damage control party. Unthought, uh, completely unthinkable on a submarine. That's slamming surface, guys. But it's true. You have people that are specifically trained to fight things on a surface ship. On a submarine, everybody is trained. Everybody is trained. Because if a fire breaks out, the most common thing on a submarine, you better take care of it right now, or the whole boat could be lost. So, that is what is so critical and so different. But I digress here, and I want to get back to uh, Delmonts talking about his book in other branches of the military. With very, very few exceptions, military segregation was maintained throughout the war. And it wasn't until 1948 when Truman signed that executive order that the military finally takes steps towards desegregation. And the thing that's kind of crazy, making, you know, as a historian to look back at this, is that there was no good military reason to have racial seg- segregation. In fact, it was the exact opposite. That it made a huge amount of logistical work for all branches of the military to have to do essentially everything in duplicate. They had to create separate units. They had you know, separate barracks, separate eating facilities, separate recreational facilities. The only reason the military maintained this racial segregation during the war was to appease white racial prejudice. There's no other reason for it. It was a horribly tactically and it's just a nightmare to basically double everything. There's no strategic or tactical reason to do it. And in fact, it drove costs up. According to Delmont about World War II, we think only of the frontline fighting troops, and and, you know, understandably, but in reality, that was only 10% of the entire military. Particularly for black Americans, the lion's share of their service was in supply and logistic roles. And it actually turns out that's really important because you can't fight a global war without bullets, without rifles, without eating food. So Delma feels this logistical role blacks played helped win the war. So back to submarines. There was certainly bias. We weren't exempt from it, but when boots hit the steel deck, it was about getting the job done. Everyone matters if they contribute. Bias faded into the background. What would your organization look like if you had the mindset of everyone matters if they contribute and everyone has to have an understanding of what everyone else does. Everyone has to have an understanding of quote-unquote what makes your organization run, just like what makes a submarine run. It would change everything because people would be able to take initiative, people would be able to make more informed decisions. Everything would change if you acted the submarine way. So I'm going to ask a question. Are you fighting that submarine? Are you sending a strong message about norms and the value of everybody contributing? Norms that create a standard pattern of social behavior and contribute to culture, which are all of these attitudes, customs, and norms. If not, education won't work. Resource groups won't work. And talk to tolerance won't work you have to communicate a strong message of norms and zero tolerance for behaviors outside this set of values if you're contributing you matter that's what you need to know you don't need 6 weeks of training or even you know a 24 hour offsite or something like that you just need to absolutely hold people to a standard of if people to your left and people to your right are contributing they matter and they're important to the organization it doesn't matter what they look like it doesn't matter where they're from That's why things work so well on submarines. Is there bias? Of course. Is there signs of prejudice? Of course. But it is the exception, not the rule. Because if it becomes the rule with a certain group of people, not the people they're focused on, but they will be at peril and they will be gone. Because if you start disrupting the organization, if you start disrupting other people's ability to contribute, they're not going to look at the other people and say, let's get rid of them. They're going to look at you and get rid of you. That's how it works on subs. That's how it should work in organizations. When you put social groups together and give them common goals, such as fighting wars or building houses for the community, prejudice and bias break down, and inclusion is the result. Remember our definition at the Submarine Way, and inclusion is interdependent collaboration. I need you. I may not like you. I may not want to go have dinner with you, but I need you. In order to complete the mission that mindset in an organization is absolutely powerful why because you're taking lessons from the submarine force and you're applying it to your organization if you're interested in our two books uh, if the two books i'm sorry uh, we have two books the other one is up periscope putting traditional leadership in the crosshairs but we're talking about two books diversity and inclusion in the submarine way that's our book and Matthew Delmont's new book, Half America. That's coming out in January, but we, want it, we it's so powerful, we wanted to sort of highlight it here. And we also want to highlight, as we always do, the power of the submarine way. What do we do? We build leaders. We build that interdependent collaboration. Our definition of equity is not, be fair. We don't know what that is, and we don't know how you can possibly be fair, because that's an individual view. Our view of equity is talent-based. My talent plus your talent is a powerful combination. We assess using quantitative tools. We coach individually. We coach the team. And we're constantly reinforcing. So you can practice this. You can get used to it. We teach the submarine way. Let's have a conversation. You can find us on thesubmarineway.com. Or you can reach out to me, John Gregory Vincent. Or our founder and president, Deb Cake Fortin, on LinkedIn, And let's have a 10 or 15 minute conversation because you will never maximize the people in your organization without something like the submarine way. And something like the submarine way doesn't exist outside the submarine way because we have a published patent on this. So let's have a conversation. Let's maximize your organization and your people because your people are your only competitive advantage. This is John Gregory Vincent. This is Surfacing Inclusive Leadership. And please, folks, be well.